Okay, welcome back. It is time for part two of the ongoing series of King Hezekiah and the Second Chance People of God. And I'm just going to get right back into it because although there's this divide I know in the electronic world of podcasts and when this gets posted, I don't know how much time will land in between them. But we're talking mere minutes from my shutdown part one. And I'm telling you, I'm just fired up and I just want to talk. I want to, I want to be a voice. I want to be somebody who says something that shakes you and gets you in the face and says, you know what? What are you doing? And I always, okay, well then, oh, I feel that in me. I feel that. I feel that little, well, you better be careful, Joel. Don't you be judgmental. I know that. I, I get it. But as I ended part one, who's going to be the people who say anything anymore? The only offensive message we hear anymore from the church, that I, the, from what I even hear about, primarily is just heaven or hell. <laughs> I don't want to offend you, brother, but you're, you're bound for hell if you don't have Jesus. Sorry for offensing, offending you. All right, well, what about the house of God? What about us? I don't like being offended. Who does? Have you ever been told something you didn't agree with and you didn't like that turned out to be true and you actually grew and changed and matured because of it and looked back and said, man, I'm glad that brother told me that. What if I didn't know that? We've got to reclaim that truth, that, that function of the body instead of shrinking back in timidity. Why do we honor Paul? Why do we look at Paul and be like, oh man, oh, if I could only be like Paul. Yeah, well, you wouldn't be like Paul because you'd have no friends. <laughs> you'd have nobody to go to coffee with. You'd be kicked out of your church. You don't want to be like Paul. And I don't either. And that's our problem. I want to be like Paul when I'm out here in my barn by myself. All right? That's our problem. All right, so we're going to pick up reading. We've been in 2 Chronicles chapter 29. We read 1 through 19. I'm going to finish out the chapter. I'm not going to leave anything out. I'm just going to... I'll read the whole stinking Old Testament if that's what it takes for us to get this truth. And I will recap just a little bit. Do not listen to this part two if you've not listened to part one in the intro. Don't do it. Please. This isn't going to be something that makes a bit of sense if you just extract one part out and I'm just going to listen to that. I don't know. Why not? Please go back and make sure you listen to these things in order so that this builds upon my point. But we just, a little tiny bit, we looked at one through 19, excuse me, and Second Chronicles, where we see King Hezekiah become king. He comes into the throne after his rotten, stinking dad, Ahaz, who was just like the epitome of everything that opposes and displeases God. I mean, he just was. But Hezekiah's inheritance was not found in him. And King Hezekiah... As we didn't talk about in part one, 
he was very captivated by the men of God who went before him. His life, if you look at King Solomon and King Hezekiah, I'm, I might, if I ever gave myself to enough study, I would do this and I'd probably just sit back and be like, whoa. <laughs> there are so, so many similarities between Solomon and Hezekiah. I'm fully convinced that Hezekiah looked at the life of Solomon and said, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do those things. Mental note, worship in the house of the Lord. Okay, oh, do that in the temple. Got it. Yes, we're going to do that. When I'm king, it's going to be like that. The origin and the outset. <coughs> because I, I was just thinking about this the other day, yesterday at work. I mean, oh my goodness, I don't even know if I want to crack open this treasure trove of thought yet. But I can't help myself. Can you imagine what it was like when the first temple was completed? Oh my gosh. Imagine for the first time in that way, in that demonstration, God indwelled an actual house with men. Oh my goodness. Y'all, we have no idea who God is. We have no idea of His glory. We have made Him so small and so knowable. Jesus is my friend. He's my pal. He knows me. He's my BFF, y'all. Oh my gosh. Lord, help us. Seriously, help us, God, to know you as you are. We have not known Yahweh as he is. We've not known him. We must know him again. And we must call out the people of God to know him. To repair his house. I want to check my notes and make sure I'm not getting out of order because I feel like I am. <clears throat> Which is very possible. So Second Chronicles. I want to go ahead and read, like I said, the rest of chapter 29. Picking up in verse 20. Then, okay, then what? And what's then? Well, after he begins the, the reformation of, of the house of the Lord, the calling of the temple, of the uh, Levitical priests, the, the, the commands of, hey, we're going to set ourselves apart. It's time to consecrate ourselves again. Then Hezekiah arose early, and he assembled the princes of the city, and he went up to the house of the Lord. They brought seven bulls, seven rams, seven lambs, seven male goats for a sin offering for the kingdom, the sanctuary, and for Judah. And he ordered the priests, the sons of Aaron, to offer them on the altar of the Lord. So they slaughtered the bulls, 
The priests took the blood and they sprinkled it on the altar, and they also slaughtered the rams and sprinkled the blood on the altar. They slaughtered the lambs also and sprinkled the blood on the altar. Then they brought the male goats of the sin offering before the king and the assembly, and they laid their hands on them. The priests then slaughtered them as well and purged the altar with their blood. Why? To atone for all of Israel. Catch that. For all of Israel. Not just Judah. Okay? For the king ordered the burnt offering and the sin offering for all Israel. He then stationed the Levites in the house of the Lord. What are they going to do? Hmm. He gave them cymbals, harps, lyres, according to the command of David and of Gad the king's seer and of Nathan the prophet, for the command was from the Lord through his prophets. And the Levites stood with the musical instruments of David and the priests with the trumpets. And I want to set this little theme here. I'm tell- this has got to get through to us. And I'll, I'll reference this real quick just to make this point, and I want you to just, in your minds, revisit this throughout the rest of this study. Just throughout the rest of this message, regurgitate this thought. As you think about yourself within the people of God, and as we begin to peer into what the people of God do when the word of the Lord comes through the king and says, Do this. Because people are responding already to the call. This goes back to just the other day, to the demand upon them. So the word goes, begins to go out, starting with the Levites, and they come. And they they do these things. In 16 days, they do the consecration. They restore the house of the Lord. They clean it out. They polish up the lampstands. They set things in place again. They pull out those components of the inner court and get them out of the closet where Ahaz had hid them away and they put them back where they're supposed to be. At any point, and here's what I want to get across, at any point Hezekiah could have justifiably stopped He could have said, Amen. Good job, Levites. Good job. The house of the Lord is open. Everybody, come on in. Open again. Let's worship the Lord. Could have done that. And made great progress in doing so, even if limited to just that. But obviously we are already seeing there's much more to the story. There's much more to come. So they're doing the sacrifices. They're slaughtering the animals. Now, they didn't stop there. Bring in the instruments. We're going to sing and dance like David did. Assemble the people, the singers. Get out those cymbals. According to the command of David... We're going to reinstate some things here with worship and how we make a loud noise unto the Lord. We're going to worship Yahweh again in this land. So the Levites stand with the musical instruments 
And then Hezekiah gave the order to offer the burnt offering on the altar. And when the burnt offering began, the song to the Lord also began with the trumpets, accompanied by the instruments of David, king of Israel. And while the whole assembly worshipped, the singers also sang. The trumpets sounded. All this continued until the burnt offering was finished. Now, okay, well, let's even stop there. Because again, I want to be so redundant. You tell me, all right, Joel, I get it. I want to make this as clear as crystal. They could have stopped. They could have stopped there before we even get to verse 29. They could have stopped three times already. Mm -mm. At the completion of the burnt offerings, the king and all who were present with him bowed down and worshipped. Okay? Get that. The whole, we already have a reference in 28. The whole assembly is worshipping the Lord. At the completion of the burnt offerings, the king and all who were present with him bowed down and worshipped. Now, do you know what bowing down is, friend? Do we even know what that is? I'm just going to ask you, when was the last time you were prostrate on the floor before Yahweh God in holy reverence of repentance? When was the last time you were in a whole assembly and literally everyone in the room was on the floor saying, God, please forgive us. Forgive us, God. We have no hope apart from you. Everyone there was doing that. And they could have got up. We've bowed down. We've worshipped. We've consecrated a few things. We've made a whole bunch of sacrifices. We've sprinkled a whole lot of blood. Amen, y'all. I'm tired. How about you? Oh, yeah. You hungry? Yeah, me too. No. They didn't do that. Moreover, in other words, and still yet, King Hezekiah and the officials ordered the Levites to sing praises to the Lord with the words of David and Asaph the seer. So they sang praises with joy, and they bowed down again and worshipped. Pretty awesome. Now can we stop? No. Who wants to? Right? Why would you want to? They had some understanding of like their beginning, just beginning. I mean like they are just at the very outset of returning to what was instated for their people at the inception of the nation of God in God's heart by His very hand. In essence, they were like, I have to believe that they were like, I don't want to stop. I, I remember hearing stories about this. I remember reading this before about those of us, of those who had gone before us. This is Yahweh. I can worship Him. I can sing to Him. I can bring a sacrifice to Him. Me. Oh my gosh, I've forgotten. We've forgotten. My dad had forgotten. Nobody told me that. I've read about it. I heard about it from somebody's great-great-grandfather. 
But this is for us? And that point will continue. And so they're bowing down with worship again. And in verse 31, Hezekiah answered and he said, Now that you have consecrated yourselves to the Lord, come near, bring sacrifices and thank offerings to the house of the Lord. And as the assembly brought sacrifices and thank offerings, and all those who were willing brought burnt offerings, says willing of heart in the sidebar all of those who in their heart were yielded to okay we're going to keep going further the number of the burnt offerings which the assembly brought was 70 bulls 100 rams and 200 lambs all of these were for a burnt offering to the lord the consecrated things were 600 bulls and 3,000 sheep and you may read that and yawn why do i need to know How many sheep were brought? Next, please. There's significance within these things. If you take note of the numbers here, and there's going to be more numbers that come in verses we're going to continue to unpack. Probably not in this part, but in upcoming ones. But the priests were too few. There weren't enough priests to handle all of the consecrated things being brought in. So they were unable to skin the burnt offerings. Therefore, their brothers, the Levites, helped them until the work was completed and until the other priests had consecrated themselves. Order. 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 For the Levites were more conscientious to consecrate themselves than the priests. They were more upright in heart. They were more ready and prepared to set themselves as a consecrated people unto God. And there were also many burnt offerings with the fat of the peace offerings and the libations for the burnt offerings and the service of the house of the Lord was established again. Oh, whew, man. Surely now they're done. Right? Man, that, I mean, that right there, beyond, um, I don't know, <laughs> encouraging, that's a pretty good bar to set, y'all. Y'all, yeah, that's good. Take a break, right? Surely. No. Then, in verse 36, as chapter 29 closes out, then Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced over what God had prepared for the people because the thing came about suddenly. Y'all, that verse moves me. It came about suddenly. And there's just something within that in my imagination that I just feel like I get. And we're going to get into more of this later, and I don't want to elaborate on it too much, but it feels right to insert the point that there is something within the reality of a people who give themselves to God, who consecrate themselves. Things move. Things change. Suddenly. Quickly. 
could we say immediately something begins to change? And I have to believe that as these people begin to bring their offerings. I mean, let's look at this, y'all. Think about these. Again, these are true accounts of things that really happened on a certain day. 70 bulls, 100 rams, 200 lambs, 3,000 sheep, 600 bulls. Do you realize how long that would have taken them once they got started? It's no wonder there weren't enough physical hands to get it done. The people kept coming and kept coming and kept coming with their sacrifices. What in the world can I give to Yahweh? I would like to say metaphorically, they are running around their house because they're running around in their heart. What can I bring to the Lord? What can I give to Him? Because He's worthy. He's worthy of everything I have. Is there anything left? Honey, is there any more sheep out in the pen? I want to give it all. Yeah, well, there's two sheep. They're young. And, you know, they're... I don't know. I don't, I don't know history enough. Like, okay, well, Joel, that's not accurate. Those were set apart sacrificial lands. I don't know. All I do know is they weren't sacrificing animals until this very point in that land. So I'm guessing the animals that they brought were just their animals. I don't think that they were doing that because the text doesn't lend us to believe those were set apart sacrificial animals. Whatever the case, they were brought to the house of the Lord to offer up unto Him. And the people couldn't find enough. And we will see that in the upcoming text in greater measure. So I just want to recap again as we wrap up part two. There's so much more I could say. And there's so much more that I will say in upcoming parts of this study. The call comes forth to the Levites first. Hezekiah says, y'all, listen up. Consecrate yourselves. Set yourselves apart, y'all. You're not performing your function. You're not performing your purpose, brothers. Clean up. Cleanse your hands. Cleanse your hearts. Get yourself right because a bunch of people are fixing to come and you need to be ready. You need to be prepared to receive them. You have a role. You have a function. But y'all are dirty. You're defiled. It's time to get cleaned up, brothers. Consecrate yourselves. People are coming. But you know what that message does to people today? Don't you tell me what to do. Don't tell me I'm dirty, brother. Don't tell me that. And so people, even if they come, 
There's no one prepared to receive them and bring them into the holy house of God and present them before a holy God to help get them in, to assist them into his holy presence. I don't care what you believe. You can't disregard that truth from the scriptures. And if you don't believe that you have anything to do with getting anybody else from where they are up until an, up to an encounter with God, then why in the world are you even here? Well, it's all just Lord. It's the Lord, brother. Nobody comes to God unless he draws them. That's his business. I'm just trying to be more like Jesus. That's hogwash, y'all. It's a deception. It's the bait of, hey, don't go to, whoa, 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 don't you be talking about works now. It's by faith. It's a gift. Nothing I can do can ever help anybody do anything good. I'm just a mere man. Oh, well, my goodness. <laughs> we don't have time to unpack that one, do we? What about men being a role and a function for other men to come into the house of God? To say, you know what? Consecrate yourselves. You're dirty. I don't care if you want to hear it or not, you're dirty. Can we receive that word? Of we have been a people defiled? Why is that so alarmingly offensive today? Is that not true? Look at the condition of Christianity. Can anyone argue the point that she is sickly? Why is that? It's not because, well, it's just an alien gospel. Nobody's going to want it. It's a narrow. Well, of course those things are true. But that's no excuse. For me or for you. So let's hear the word of the Lord, brothers, sisters, friends, strangers. Let's hear the word of the Lord from the word of the Lord. Wake up, y'all dirty people. You're supposed to be a priest. You're supposed to be here for a purpose to minister unto God and man. You have a function. Clean it up. Come on in. Tend to this house again. May we be like those men who said, okay, you're right. My son could understand that's what they did. They did it. They heard the call and they said, okay, you're right. We're coming. So in this part of the series, may we do that. May we hear the call, the word of the Lord come and be a people who respond with true honesty and be like, you know what? That is me. I have forgotten. I've either forgotten or I just never knew. And we come in. 
and we clean ourselves and consecrate ourselves, and we tend to the reparations of the house of the Lord. Which, interestingly enough, on this side of the inauguration of the new and living way are synonymous. Is that not interesting? The man of God and the temple of God are one and the same. So may we consecrate ourselves. May we lower ourselves, abase ourselves in worship and adoration, prostrate on the ground in our heart and with our natural bodies to demonstrate our heart's condition in return and repair and remember. Remember, 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 remember who we are. The second chance people of God. We're going to get to that purpose of why I titled it that. That is to come. There is, oh my gosh, there's a lot ahead of us. Thanks for listening. Please think on these things. Ask the hard questions. Ask a friend. Ask a brother. Ask your spouse. Most importantly, ask the Lord. Have I forgotten? Have I never known? We want to be your people again on this earth. Amen.